Sports Social with Eddie Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And today, we have a bit of a treat. And when I say a treat, it's because for those that have followed the show, and now since we're officially 100 episodes in, you must know that this whole situation with me being on the air, this wasn't just a solo deal to begin with. For a long time, there was a show that I was a part of called Keeping It Real Sports. It wasn't just a network name. It was actually a complete show. And it featured myself and a group of guys from college. And we started this show, i say about a little over 10 years ago. Lasted for a long time. Ended on a not so high note. I'm not going to get into how it ended. But I am happy to say that for episodes 101... And 102, I got some of the guys back together, and we did a show, or should I say we taped two episodes that just brought back the nostalgia of the good old days of just doing a sports talk show with a group setting. That old-fashioned, let's, you know, bounce ideas off each other and and just give, you know, our, our thoughts on the world of sports and things that are going on. Hot take here, hot take there. Everywhere a hot take. So, on today's show, I have Mr. Stan Talois, who you've heard so many different times, as well as Mr. Claude LaRoche Esquire, as well as Danny Classe, all from Keeping a Real Sports when it was actually a huge show. And we just got back together and we decided we wanted to talk about some of the hottest topics in sports. So, this is part one of that entire discussion. And as always, after everyone's feedback, at Ed Easton Jr. on Instagram, as well as Twitter. And uh, make sure you follow everybody that's on the show. They're going to announce themselves. They're going to get their shout-out soon. It was a fun time just, just doing the whole episode and just going down memory lane and, and knowing where everyone else was in their life and how the show you know impacted them. So it was such a uh, a great time to get everyone back together and... It kind of felt like a boy band reunion. I know that sounds kind of corny, but it felt like that for a minute. So I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is part one of the Keep It A Real Sports reunion. If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, good. Stay that way. Because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest runner in your school or the fastest in the world. Be the fastest ever. Don't picture yourself wearing OBJ's jersey. Picture OBJ wearing yours. Don't settle for homecoming queen or linebacker. Do both. Lose 120 pounds and become an Iron Man after beating a brain tumor. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. If you're born a refugee, don't let it stop you from playing soccer for the national team at age 16. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. 
when they talk about the greatest team in the history of the sport, make sure it's your team. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football, play it at the highest level. And if you're a girl from Compton, don't just become a tennis player. Become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Sports Social with Eddie Easton Jr. We are back, and today's show is a little different. Or should I say it's, it's, it's really different, you know, because we're going to take it back a little bit. I'm not going to say old school, but um, I guess you call this more of a flashback situation. For those that are, you know, may not know the backstory with Sports Social, there was actually a uh, a larger contingent in regards to the whole keeping a real sports thing. It wasn't just a one-person show. There was an entire group. And we decided that after a while to go our separate ways and, you know, go off to our own ventures. And obviously you guys who have been listening to the show here know that I stayed doing radio. So I do want to reintroduce the original cast. Missing a few. Of keeping it real sports. I have Mr. Funny Man Stan, Stan Talouise here. Hi. I have Mr. Esquire, Claude LaRoche here. Hello. And then, of course, we have Pablo Dollars, a.k.a. Danny Classet. Hello, Brooklyn Free Speech. How are you? How is everybody? All right. Shout out to everybody in Brooklyn. I'm happy to be here. This is great. This is great. Guys, doesn't it feel great to be like a, a nice little reunion, have everyone back together for, you know? I actually don't remember why we stopped doing the show. You don't remember? No. I do. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, I quite fondly remember that time. Fond- fondly? Yeah. Fondly. Well, yeah, how about this? Before you go into the story of why, let I me just... I wasn't going to go into Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, I, I was wasn't. kidding. I remember exactly why, and I, we don't need to bring that up. We're not going to bring it up, but we are going to say that the show did end three years ago. 
three long years. Three long years. And I, I do want to catch up a little bit with you guys and know what's been going on since. So how about we start with you, uh, Claude? What have you been going What's been going on with you? I know you got married. That's a big deal. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't want the that out? Did, did you want that out? Did you want that out? You don't want mind. people to know? I don't mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm Claude. I'm the Esquire. Um, I'm an attorney. I recently started a new job with a medical malpractice hey. firm. Um, I got married recently. All right. C- clap uh, it up for that. Marriage. Fantastic wedding, by the way. Fantastic, Fantastic wedding. wedding. Thank Pictures you kindly, online. Everyone. Thank you kindly. Um, other than that, nothing really has been going on, you know, just trying just to uh, stay afloat. That's all. All right. Stay afloat. I've seen your house. <laughs> my my one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> what? Let me say something, Claude. You know what? I'm not even going to bring it up. Cause... A house? Yo. <laughs> It's like a mansion. Yo. My one-bedroom apartment that's a, that's a on mansion. Long Island. Yeah. Because I can't afford it's a mansion. New York rent. Nobody can. <laughs> this is true. All right, gorgeous Claude. apartment, this, I will say. It is gorgeous, and uh, it's good to know. Okay, Immaculate. so welcome back. You know, I know you miss being on air for a little bit. Absolutely. Always, man. Always. I missed you guys. All right. Uh, Danny, how about you? Well, I bought a dog. I You got a dog? Uh, yes. Who got a dog? I told you a long time ago. I posted it. You, Instagram. I remember you were thinking about it. No, I I got it. It's a. I know we're going on a tangent here, but yes, it's a Shih Tzu. Oh. Um, she is two years old now. Oh, well, it's going to be two in December. That's cute. Uh, yes, I work at the New York Hall of Science now, so hmm. that's pretty fun. Gainfully fun employed. Gainfully employed. Yes. Someone is watching my tweets. What? <laughs> I don't know how you made this about you. No, just, I, I literally just used that. In, whatever. Yeah. That's a term that uh, doesn't get used often. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I, okay. I, something so I yeah, no. Um, I'm happy to be back here. I haven't been doing too much media stuff. I tried to do a YouTube channel, but then I got copyrighted uh, infractions. So yeah, I gave that up. That's gave illegal. That up. Some yeah. of the things you were, I guess, putting up. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> even keeping the real sports content. But um, mm. yeah, now I'm back here yeah, doing my thing. It. Uh, doing my thing. Um, <laughs> if you are happy to have me, I'm here. I don't know where I'm going with this, but thanks for having me back. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, you guys. It doesn't. You just have to feel like an AA meeting. It's okay, you know. I've been to those. <laughs> Segway. Uh, Stan, how are you? How? What's been going on with you? I know a lot has changed. Uh, really? Yeah. What has um, changed? I mean, uh, I've had several jobs since then. Uh, at the time, the last time we were on, we were on the air together, I was at uh, uh, Tower Stream in in, uh, in Red Hook. Now, since then, I worked at Uber. Uh, that was a fun experience. I worked at a restaurant in Flatiron. Hmm. Uh, after that, I drove strippers around for six weeks. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to keep going. Hold on. <laughs> There's more, guys. Come on. Uh, can, I just, can I just first give you a quick disclaimer? I should have said mm-hmm. this before. You know how back in the day when we did the show, mm-hmm. that was more of like a, you know, uh, not mature audiences, but like TV fourteen type sure, of. Sure. This is more PG, you know. Yeah. Sports social. So. Okay. Yeah. The All I did was drive them around. The <laughs> All I did was drive them around. Okay. I, I they they were they had jobs to do, and I. You did them, a job for them to do. Yeah, the job. I brought them to their to their homes and back to the club and stuff. You know, I did that for about six weeks, and after that, uh, I I was just bouncing around, temping, and then uh, I worked at a. Uh, Exchange Telecom here in Brooklyn, and this uh, is what, you don't have to give you a whole LinkedIn. It's okay. Oh, you just, asked me. I, I, just, I thought you would have given like a to. nice little brief, summary. you know, summary. You didn't ask me about. You didn't say brief. If you had said brief, I would have kept the brief. <laughs> uh, but then the Odyssey. Now I am. <laughs> I am working at a tech startup in Woodside, and uh, yeah. still doing stand-up comedy. I host a monthly show at the Pine Box Rock Shop in uh, in in um, 
what do you call that? What's that hipster part of Brooklyn again? Oh my god. Where's uh, the wrap it up box? <laughs> it really should be a wrap it up. You did this not it will be specify. Edited. Editing. It will be yeah. done. You didn't specify. <laughs> Congress for the bus ring. You so. didn't specify how long I had to talk about. No, but yeah, I've been doing stand up and yeah. um, uh, you know, yeah, just doing my thing, man. All right, man. That's good to hear. All right, uh, missed all you guys. You know, uh, we might have some special guests later. Just want to put that out there. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. That's excitement. <laughs> but uh. What we do, obviously, here is talk sports, and we got to start with one of the biggest uh, situations going on right now, Colin Kaepernick. As you all know, uh, Nike has made him the face of their 30th uh, anniversary campaign. A lot of thoughts, a lot of different opinions. Uh, I'm just going to give mine my take really quickly. It was all money. That's what it all comes down to. It, 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 he was always under contract with Nike. They just decided, hey, you know what? We have him. What's a good way to use his image and use what he's, you know, what he stands for to get people excited to buy Nike products? Since they know the NFL looks like the bad guys as it is, why not use Colin Kaepernick? So it made sense in a marketing perspective. Now, the biggest question is, do they really care about the culture? Do they really care about the community? Does it matter? And that's what well, this is where we're going to start the discussion with. So what do you think? Stan? I don't think it matters if they care about the community or at all. I think... Uh, like you said, they they capitalized on a on a on a on an opportune you know moment. I mean, it was, it, it was smart on their part. It was like they should they should just take it a step further and just uh, you know just start bashing other other uh, other other companies. You know, Adidas uh, doesn't care about black people. They should just do that and stuff like that. Just why 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 stop there? Adidas doesn't care about black people. Why not? Why? Like who? who oh, you're saying they should just say? I'm it. just saying, control the narrative, right? Yeah. Get out in front of it. Yeah. So wait, so Nike should you saying Nike should bash Adidas? I think they should just start bashing all the other companies. That's what I'm trying to understand. Oh. I just didn't expect that answer. Not, not only are you are you are, are you projecting yourself as the the company that that cares about rights and co- the, the company that cares about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling and police brutality, but you're gonna take it a step further and say, you know, Adidas didn't do this, you know, Puma didn't do this, or whoever. Like, you know, take it a step further. Like, if you're gonna market, market. You know, yeah. why why stop there? Okay, that's fair. That is fair. Uh, what do you think, Claude? Um. <clears throat> So it was a couple of things, especially, um, I mean, yes, I agree that Nike did it for the money. Um, people wanted to argue that their stock market, uh, their stock market quote went down. Quite frankly, long term, that doesn't even matter. People won't right. even remember right. that Nike went down in the stock market a couple of cents. It's not that big a deal. And they, were, they, went, they already went back up, so it doesn't matter. What did surprise me, though, was Colin Kaepernick agreeing to actually be the face for the 30th anniversary. The reason being is this. Colin Kaepernick's movement is larger than Nike. It's larger than the NFL. And in fact, yeah, sacrifice everything. But what has Colin Kaepernick sacrificed? Well, he sacrificed his NFL career, but he's still getting the bag. That money is going to flow through through Nike, who is also... Sponsors the NFL. They make all the NFL uniforms. They do. They're one of the biggest partners with the NFL. So, if you're really going to continue this movement, stand steadfast with it. You're you have an action against the NFL. 
your action against the NFL is saying that the owners colluded against you and to prevent you from playing in the NFL. Well, disassociate yourself with everything that's with the NFL, and that includes Nike. Right, I like that. I definitely like that a lot. Uh, Danny, your thoughts? I think it's uh, interesting because, you know, it's not often, I think this is the first time in history that we see something get commercialized that's very valuable and very substantial, especially with the current issue. Usually it's done in retrospect, like with Muhammad Ali, you know, you adopt his his beliefs years after he's no longer in his prime and in not the same Muhammad. But to have it happen in real time is just something that's very odd, and I don't know if it's good to have an opinion on it right now because it's the first time to do it. Overall, I, I think maybe in time this might be the new law of the land where we see commercial interests adopt social activism. And especially, I, I honestly thought this was just, I, not that I agree, um, not that I am not on Captain side, but I, I just thought, you know, business companies generally want to stay away from this, just learning and the, you know, coming up with the Jordan Republicans buy sneakers too. So it is a big deal, but I just don't know if this is the new law of the land or should I have a strong opinion on it because it's just kind of like what will happen in the future. Um, like maybe next time there'll be a new athlete and Nike will adopt them and it'll be like, oh, no big deal. That's what you got to do to to sell sneakers. Um, but it is commercialized now and it, and it kind of cheapens it to some extent. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this is probably the new law of the land, and, and it's cool, and I'm happy Kaepernick has somehow flipped this into something very positive for his bank account, and I think the message is going to reach a lot more people with Nike, so I could see the benefits of it. The other thing is, too, I think Nike, uh, from a public relations point of view, is it's, it's smart, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to be looked at as being on the right side of history. I mean, you know? th- there's a lot to it. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is that Ford has also endorsed Colin Kaepernick's yeah. whole mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. You don't see these right-wing activists burning their F-150s. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Okay. The problem is, is that right-wing activists associate certain things with minorities. Nikes are associated with minorities. And when they associate these things with minorities, they think that minorities are standing up for a certain aspect or for a certain right, and they don't want to hear that. And that's what bothers them. Mm-hmm. They don't want us to get out of our barrel. All right? So I feel like, yeah, this movement's strong. But um, at the same time, I, I think right-wing activists are hypocritical, man. Until you start doing the same things that you're doing for Nikes to your NFL jerseys and mm-hmm. stop buying your NFL jerseys and you stop, you, know, you stop driving F-150s, I don't take them seriously. And, you know, there's other things out there that, um, whatever. I don't know. Legally, you know, you being the, I guess, the legal expert, um, you think, uh, no, like you not, th- not today. Most authority <laughs> on these legal right? matters. <laughs> Do you think that, uh, Kaepernick has a, has a case? Well, you think he has a chance to win against the NFL? I don't know. I don't know what the evidence is, um, against the NFL right now. Um, but at the same time, there was an arbitrator who has allowed the case against the NFL to continue, which means that there is something there. Doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the arbitrator agrees that, you know, the NFL owners colluded, but there is some nick of evidence that allows this case to proceed forward. Because I think, you know, it, it, it's it, it's not going to stop with him. I think Eric Reed has, has, has 
has uh, has a case against the NFL. I think. Um, I mean, I, I, honestly, I think Eric Reed has more of a case against the NFL than Colin Kaepernick. I don't agree. He's the best safety available. Yeah, but it's also if you look at the safety market, the free agent market, safeties have not been coming off the board. A lot of NFL teams do feel that they can get a young safety through the draft over taking an older player. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not colluding against Eric Reed, but I feel like Colin Kaepernick has a stark, stronger argument because he is a better quarterback than most of the quarterbacks that have been mm-hmm. signed through free agency, and he's been overlooked. Whereas with couldn't you Eric make the Reed, case? Couldn't you make the case that Eric Reed is better than a third of the starting safeties in the league? Yes, you can. But at the same time, can you make a case that most of the starting safeties in the league are within their first three years of their contract? That's fair. All right. And with most of the starting safeties being on their rookie deal, does it really make sense to sign a veteran player to a more expensive contract right now? Which makes it difficult for Eric Reed because, like I said, if you look at the safety market, it's been extremely weak this year. And it's, yeah, sure, there are teams that need a safety, especially of Eric Reed's caliber. But if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I have an opportunity to trade for Earl Thomas, I would rather trade for Earl Thomas sure. than to sign an Eric Reed at this point. Sure. Doesn't mean that they won't do it later on. I, I mean, I, I just look at, I, like, you know, being a Giants fan, like, Eric Reed would look great next to Landon Collins. Yeah. I, I, I but don't you know. also do have young safeties on this your team. Really, really they're really good. I mean, young, yes. Good, I don't know. That's that's my argument. You got to let the young guys play. All right, well, how about this? Let's do a nice little transition. The NFL as a whole right now, because there's been rule changes, there's been the whole controversy with, like you said, with Kaepernick, and just Goodell in general, your friend. That's my um, guy. That's that's, my guy. That is your guy. The goods. NFL back in the day would have called the no fun league because you couldn't celebrate touchdowns. Now you can celebrate touchdowns. Is it still the no fun league because now there's rules with how you can tackle someone and the preventative measures have taken away the fun out of the league? I don't think that that rule sticks around. I think that rule is is, is a one in one one year and done rule. I, they they can't define it. Uh, it's 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 changing. Like what you're you're asking guys who, especially guys who are veterans in the league, to change the way they've been doing this one thing for fifteen twenty years, this one thing that you, that you've been taught how to how to hit somebody for so long, and all of a sudden you're saying, well, no, nah, you got to do it this way, and it just doesn't work because it's not realistic. To the human body doesn't react that way to hit someone. It just doesn't. So the NFL is asking. These players who have been doing this for however long they've been in the league, they're three plus years in college, they're four plus years, four years in in, in high school, they're pop one years. You're asking these guys to do something completely different that they've been trained to do for all this for all this time, and then you, you, they they don't see the the, the error in, in in doing that, and it's just I don't think the, the rule is going to last. Uh, I disagree. I think that the rule lasts, and I think that it actually makes the game better. Um, Mm. If you do focus on other sports as well, rugby. Rugby is less dangerous without pads than the NFL. Okay, NFL teams are actually bringing in rugby players to teach veteran players how to tackle properly. The great thing about this rule is not only does the NFL do this, but now it's trickling down. And so going to Pop Warner football, where these young kids are actually learning how to tackle properly, keeping their head up, driving through someone, 
these rules make the game safer. At the end of the day, the NFL, it's an inherently dangerous game. Mm -hmm. Guys have CTE. They have injuries. There are people who are injured every single year. If we can make this game safer and influence the younger generation to make the game safer, I'm totally for it. Because if you don't make the game safer now, you're going to lose athletes. LeBron James has said it. He's not letting his sons play football. Other athletes have questioned whether they will let their sons play football. The reason why they do that is because of the dangers that are inherent in this game. So we have to change it now to influence the future. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think the rule itself, the way it's being, the way it's being implemented is wrong. Like, even, even what, two years ago, the, the, the NCAA implemented with targeting. Ta targeting is, isn't... It's not objective. It's it's like if 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 a guy hits a guy a certain way and it looks a certain way, it looks bad. That could be targeting, but it, it it's just if you're right, they need to be they need need to be teaching teaching it at a at a younger at a younger age first, and then you know you, you start bringing it up to through the high school ranks and in the college ranks and then the NFL. I think it's difficult to tell someone now who's 31. Who's a you know a thirty one year old linebacker to tell him okay you need to completely forget everything you've been taught and do it this way I agree I think, but, it's, I think it's hard but tough luck because if you don't change it now then next year other guys are going to come in and right. those guys are going to become yeah. veterans no I agree with and that. then at that point it, it has to be it has to be cold turkey it has to be like quick get it done and then see how everyone adjusts Absolutely. I don't think the NFL it's kind of like the field goals um, the, the extra point you know it's basically a field goal now. It's not how – remember how it used to be just real simple, right, yeah, do an yeah. extra point? I yeah. think people, you know, they cried about it for the first couple of weeks because then you realize who was a real kicker or not. Yeah. And now you have better kickers that are coming into the league. They know that, hey, you could lose your job off an extra point. So I, I, I just think that's think, helped that position. I just time. think that that to come, you know, in the, in the offseason and say, well, all right, we're going to implement this targeting rule without really defining what should be what, – what the right way should be. You know, like you said, they, you know, bring, the NFL team is bringing in rugby players to teach people how to hit the right way. That's fine, but I think this is something they should they should have been starting to implement a while back, so that when they do implement the rule, it's like, all right, well, now we know. Yeah, but you can't look in hindsight and say, oh man, you sure. should implement it a while back. I think the way that they've done it is probably the best way to do it. This is what it is. We'll start to define the term as the season goes on or as seasons progress, but for right now. You guys got to get better. Okay. And uh, moving on now, just staying within the NFL, the other big story uh, that really, you know, it got people thinking, obviously, about the safety of the players and just their longevity with their contracts. Le'Veon Bell, you know, his whole thought with the uh, being franchise tagged once again, probably, you could probably say he's one or two in regards to, you know, best running backs in the NFL. Steelers haven't got, you know, they, they just don't want to give them that long-term deal. So we have a holdout. And it got me thinking now, do you guys know, like, holdouts are not just the NFL. This happens in every sport. Is there, like, another famous holdout that comes to mind after seeing this whole Le'Veon Bell situation? I mean, uh, Revis, a few years back with the Jets, held out, but, he, I mean, didn't last too long. Um, that was pretty good. It was on Hard Knocks. It was on Hard Knocks, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... Are we talking about any sport at Any all? sport, yeah. Um, I mean, rookie holdouts. You got Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, that's uh, right. Juwan Howard mm -hmm. was held out for an 11-year contract. Yeah. 
and then opted out of it. Um, who else we got? Latrell Sprewell. Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was actually a really good one as well. You know, uh, Khalil Mack got traded because of the holdout. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just also, the most that's recent. more recent. Um, but that was that. that's really because of uh, Gruden. Gruden. Greatest holdout of all time. I mean, in my opinion, at least Bo Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bo Jackson mm-hmm. held out of his rookie contract. John Elway. Yeah, but Bo Jackson got traded. I mean, he didn't even get traded. He got redrafted. Right, right. As yeah. a result of his holdout. Yeah. I was thinking Vincent Jackson. Well, did he wait till like the week ten to actually the wide uh, receiver? Sign? Wide receiver, right? I don't. I don't remember. remember I do remember that. If we look that up, because he he got traded from the uh, he the was on Tampa Bay, and he got traded because of that. Didn't he? But he held out. I I do believe that we could actually wasn't do, he with the Chargers and got traded to Tampa. I think it could be the other way around. I know that it was one of them was a big deal. I feel like he finished his career with Tampa. I don't even remember that holdout. I'm gonna t- look. It I is, can. It was. It, he ends his holdout and reports to San Diego back on October 22nd, 2010. Yeah, that was a long holdout, and it's he was their top wide receiver at the time. Yeah, I mean. But Vincent Jackson uh, <laughs> was not so. on the level of no. Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion. Um, also, Vincent Jackson was never a top five receiver. I, as you guys know, I stand with Le'Veon Bell, man. Like, yeah, he he deserves Absolutely. he deserves every bit of money that Todd Gurley is getting right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and the Steelers know that he deserves this. His usage rate is insane. Yeah, his usage rate since MSU has been out of this world, and you don't want to pay this guy, who is your number two wide receiver and your number one running back. Yeah. Oh, um, what? But I agree with you. What about this? Is football? You know. Yes. We have a franchise tag for a reason. Um, he is Le'Veon Bell. He's great. Uh, you know, there there was Ricky Williams back in the day where you use him, you abuse him, and you get rid of them. Is is this just the business of football, and and that's that's what simply what it is? What? Sure, I well, I don't know. I, I don't want not, not, to cut, not to cut you off, but um, my thing is, wouldn't you want to? Because the franchise tag is is essentially you're paying a guy uh, the average of the top five salaries at the position, right? Yep. Wouldn't you want to lock that guy up for less money per year? A running back? I mean, he's what twenty seven? Twenty six. Well, I, so I, I'd rather pay you a lot now and then not have to pay you later when you decline. Well, the way that the way that NFL contracts are structured, you essentially do that. You pay a lot in the beginning, and then towards the end, you cut the guy for little to nothing. Yeah. Um, but aren't you giving them more guaranteed money on the front end? Yeah, but if you continue to play on a franchise tag, the contract's fully guaranteed. Regardless, for one year, right? yeah, for that one year. Okay. So, essentially, Le'Veon could have been making fourteen point five million this year. If you continue to pay a guy on a guaranteed contract, that's cool and all, but where's my job security, right? You're in the wrong sports league. I don't and you're think so. In the wrong position. Because if you're a quarterback in this league, your money's coming. That's Very quarterback. True. If you're a defensive end in this league, defensive tackle, your money's coming. If you're a wide receiver in this league, you don't have to hold out for long. Your money's coming. But the running back position has been so devalued throughout these past five years that people have that mentality. Well, I'll use him for a year, and then, hey, we'll get the next rookie to come in and take his place. I don't agree that 
a veteran, a guy like Le'Veon, who is 26 years old, who only has but so many contracts as compared to the quarterback, the wide receiver, the defensive tackle. I don't agree that he should have to play three years on a franchise tag and not know whether he's going to be involved in your team's future or not. So, with that said, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I hold out until week 10. Yeah, I lose approximately $10 million. But guess what? When I come back, I become a free agent. I've kept my body healthy. No hits. I hope I don't start because, quite frankly, I don't want to play for the Steelers anymore. I'm not in your team's future. Yeah. I like that. Trade me. I'm not disagreeing. I think Le'Veon Bell is certainly within the parameters of what he wants to do. But the Steelers don't owe him anything, and I feel like he's just coming face-to-face with the harsh realities of being a football player who's a running back. I just— that, no, that's that's hold on. Just, that's no, fine. No. The Steelers don't owe him anything, but he doesn't owe the Steelers anything exactly. either. Exactly. I that's just don't understand why you wouldn't want your second best player on the field. Yeah. I just that that that's that's all it says to me. Like if 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 I'm an owner, a GM, whatever, a coach, I want my best players on the field. You know, that's that's the problem is right? the problem is is Le'Veon wants a lot of money, right? He wanted to reset the market. I think Le'Veon wanted more than what Gurley signed for. Mm-hmm. A lot more. He wanted to be around the realms of seventeen point five to nineteen point five million. Back I, I, I see it. I, exactly. see, I see it. I, I do see it. I just, exactly. Also, I'm sorry to cut. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is a unique situation because even Steelers players are not necessarily welcoming his holdout. Well, they, right. they're taking it as a slap in the face because right. they're in the that's dark. That's unique to yeah. Le'Veon. I that's think because yeah. they're typically not the case. I, yeah, usually you usually don't see it that way. It's because, in my opinion, because they're in the dark, and I feel like players, He's not telling them. yeah, players should have their own in-house thing. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, hey, man, I'm not going to show up and like have communication, especially with the offensive line. Yeah, and I think Le'Veon hasn't done that, and I'm pretty sure that's kind of like an unwritten rule with any type of locker room. I don't think. I, look, I don't agree, man. Here's my thing: I'm not under contract. I haven't been under contract for the entire preseason. Why are you guys continuing to say I'll be back on week one, week two, week three? No. James Conner is your starting running back. He's been your starting running back throughout the preseason. Mm -hmm. When I sign my franchise tag, then you can expect me. But don't expect me until then. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, I think ultimately both sides are right. And I don't think there's... It's it's just It's where the business of football... Affects everybody. You know what I mean? That's just really what it comes down and, to. you know, going back to, to April when we were talking, you know, getting get, getting into the draft, this is why I said what I said about the Giants, Jake, and Saquon Barkley because you take, you take a, a running back that high. Like, when his rookie deal is up, what what kind of if if Gurley's getting what he's getting and Le'Veon's asking what he's asking for, what's Barkley going to ask for? Well, if you look at what Gurley's getting, he's not getting that much, dude. Gurley's getting $15 million. Yeah. David Johnson, who just re-signed last night, he's only getting 13.5. These guys, running backs are not making a lot of money. They're not. I don't know. I'm just I'm just worried about what what you you would have to pay someone in 5 years coming off a rookie deal as opposed to you know, you know it's 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 just the it's just going to keep going up. I get it. The thing is, let's go back in the day to when team building was a thing. You either built your team around the run or you built your team around the pass. You can't have both. So if a running back comes out and they have this Le'Veon Bell type of impact on your team, where they are your number one rusher and your number two wide receiver, by a significant margin, 
and they're one of the better players in the league. I'm going to call your team a run-first team, and you should build your team around that player. Right. Right? You have a decent quarterback, maybe not the best, but somebody who's a game manager, decent wide receivers. The problem is guys want to have the best of the world, you know? Yeah. And I get it. Yeah, we all do, but you can't do it. That's why the cap space, the, um, there's a, the cap, mm-hmm. a salary cap. You know, it's not baseball where you just throw money away like the Yankees do. Whoa, that's a shot. <laughs> throw money away. At least our money plays. I have to say this conversation was refreshing because we're always talking about Kaepernick and Different. Well, no, it's it's well, yeah. it's more than just Kaepernick at yeah. this point. Now, this affects so yeah. many other players on either end of the spectrum. If you really want to put that in perspective, um, it's just the NFL has a lot of work to do, and when it comes to just realigning themselves with fans, because you have so many fans that are built into this league. Let's be honest; you could you could be as pissed as you are with the NFL, but you know you get excited for that first week of the season. You know you get excited for the Super Bowl or the playoffs. Fantasy think, drafts, the entire deal. And I think it's interesting that Richard Sherman came out and pretty much predicted a a, a lockout, in you know after after the CBA is up. So, I I'm I'm curious to see how how that plays out because all this stuff plays into that. All this stuff plays into the this, really the CBA and like if I'm an NFL player, I mean, how do you how do you rectify whether you want to want to lockout or not? Because let's call it what it is. Like a lot of these contracts aren't guaranteed. You know, if you're a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, if you're an undrafted free agent, a lot of your money isn't guaranteed. You know, there's less incentive for you to hold to 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 to, to join a lockout. You know, I, I the problem the problem with that is NFL players do want guaranteed contracts. Oh yeah. The difference between an NFL team and an NBA team, though, or even a MLB baseball team, is the amount of players that yeah. are on your team. Yeah. Fifty three man roster in the NFL. And then a 63 with the 10 uh, practice, with the 10 players, practice, practice squad, squad yeah. players. If you got to guarantee every contract, that means that, hey, some of these NFL guys will not be making anywhere near yeah. Yeah. the stratosphere of an NBA player. Not that they make that money anyway right now, yeah. but you'll definitely see a reduction in the way that players are getting paid. Yeah. It's a numbers game, and that's the thing. Guys, think, guys like to hear... I'm making a hundred million. Even yeah. if they're not making a hundred million, yeah. they like to feel like, oh man, mm-hmm. I have the potential to make a hundred million. I think it's but interesting when you when you look at Odell's contract, like how much it was ninety five total, mm-hmm. sixty five guaranteed. He's making less than some like fringe NBA players. I think than Timothy Mozgov. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Joe Kim Noah, <laughs> right. Joe Kim Noah, Joe and Noah's Odell like... Beckham make the same amount. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he make no Noah makes more. Noah, Noah makes, more. makes in the 70s. 70, yeah. 72, 74? 74 million. 74 million for no, Noah. But for this year. They're this oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Individual yeah. years. I just think it's I just amount. think it's funny. Like and you're right. Like if you you can't guarantee contracts for all 53 to 63 players. You can't do it. It's it's not it's not feasible. And if and if NFL players want to make that kind of money, I mean, you're just going to have to take it take it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Definitely I would I, would, I think for the owners, a lockout would be okay for them. Like, I think it, it, it's time for the owners to clash with the players and gain leverage to the point where they can just basically demand whatever they want. Ah, but the owners have already had that leverage, man. But get it even more. Because at this point, it seems as if the players are talking back more. I, I Listen, I'm just saying this from the side of the owners. If you go through a lockout where these players cave in, you will have an instance where you can tell players, listen, you're going to stand. You lost the last lockout. Whatever we say goes. 
and this can really become the president's league. <laughs> and uh, and I feel like mm-hmm. with football players, they're, they're not baseball players. They're not NBA players. They're not going to have the leverage. And NBA players, even they lost bad in the last lockout. So I would I would think if I'm an owner, I, I'd welcome it with open arms. Like, you want to lock out? Okay, fine. You're going to lose. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Would, they would mm-hmm. lose initially with, like, you know, ticket sales, things like yeah. that. But in the long run, they, they would definitely I have own the platform. Yeah. You don't own the platform. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, now I final saw the replacements, guys. Final thought: the replacement. Keanu movie. Reeves helped you through Fantastic this. Fantastic movie, <laughs> Union Busted. Fantastic movie. It was. It was. Uh, final thought, right now, guys. This NFL season, obviously, a lot of eyes in regards to rules and just the whole situation with Kaepernick. I, I do want to bring it back to that just to finish it off. Does he eventually make it on an NFL roster? No, not a chance in hell. Absolutely. You not. think this? This is it. This. He, I think Johnny Manziel has a better shot, and I'm saying that with a straight face. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> honestly, yeah, honestly, yeah. I, honestly, Manziel's got a better shot than 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 Kaepernick because not only not only is he going to be, you know, after all this, after after all this collusion talk, and after all this this this, this talk about whether he deserves to play or not, then someone has to actually give him a roster spot. Right. Then you have to wonder: is is he in shape? Can he play? All all that all that stuff. There's too many hurdles. I don't. I don't think. And with the last time he was in the league, it was like a conversation every week. You know, one week he's wearing uh, the pig socks. The yeah. next yeah. week, Kiko Alonso's tackling him because he supported Fidel Castro. I, I just don't see how you could have him in the league if you're a play a a team that's conservative most of the time. Like and what? That, what locker room would accept him? Really? Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm trying to think. Like yes, he's he's I there's he's definitely. He could start for at least three or four teams right now, assuming he's a hundred percent healthy and yeah, he's he's good. He's, he's as good. yeah. yeah, he's good. yeah. Look, he deserves to be on a team. Sure, you look at the team. numbers that J- Garoppolo put up, similar numbers to 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 uh, to Ka- Colin Kaepernick in his last thirteen starts. So clearly the ability is there if he's the same player. But again, what locker room is going to accept him? I mean, you just saw the Seahawks implemented a plan to disembody the activist players yeah it's kind of similar to what the government did with gangs putting them on different in different right. um jails that's what they did so I, I totally don't see him coming back in the league and uh, they'll come up with elaborate rationalizations to say that this isn't collusion so claude um i don't think that colin kaepernick will be back in the league but just the point of um i guess just to point something out colin kaepernick himself has said that he doesn't want people boycotting the nfl Okay, you know um, that's interesting. It's it's the truth. That's a very interesting take. And he people, doesn't want yeah, people boycotting the NFL. Hmm. So I'm gonna enjoy the season, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the the perfect way to end part one <laughs> off of this uh, of this exciting episode. So uh, thank you guys. No problem. For that. Yep. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king. Go, fish dad. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Um, Serena, under the, the rules, <coughs> all three violations issued by, by Carlos were correct. So why do you believe that he was a thief? 
because he's, he took a point from me and after he alleged that I was cheating and I wasn't cheating and then I had a good conversation with him and I said, listen, you know my character, you know me really well, like you know that I don't even call for on-court coach, I don't even do that. And he's like, you know what, I understand. He's like, you're, you're, I don't know if he said you're right, but he understood. He's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. And then when I sat down, I said it again. I was like, just to be clear, I can understand what you saw because it may have looked, just because I look at my box, it may have looked like I was getting coaching, but I'm telling you that's not what I do. And I said, I'd rather lose than have to cheat to win. I don't need to cheat to win. I've won enough, and I've nev that's never been something I've ever done, you know? So, and he was cool. He was like, oh, I get it. And, and we had this, this great exchange, and we were on the same page, and we understood each other, and, and I felt that that was... Yeah. Serena, do you think the chair umpire played any part in the outcome of tonight's match? I think that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I feel like she was playing really well, but I feel like um, I really need to do a lot to change in that match to try to come out front and to try to come out on top. Um, and. It's hard to say because I always fight to the end and I always try to come back no matter what. But she was also playing really, really well. So um, it's hard to, to say that I wouldn't have got a new level because I've done it so many times in my um, career. So this is a tough question. What do you think the policy should be on coaching during a match? I don't use it. I don't use on-court coaching. I understand they're using it in... Um, in qualifying here, they tried it out in qualifying here. Um, would I use it? I I don't know. I, I like one thing I love about tennis is being out there, and it's the one time I don't want to hear anyone tell me anything, and you have to figure out you have to problem solve. And honestly, I feel like it's helped me a lot in my life. You know, a lot of things that I go through in my life personally, and also in business, you have to be able to problem solve. And one thing about tennis, I feel like sometimes. When I'm out there, I have a split second, nanosecond to make a decision that could change the whole match and the whole tournament. Um, and I've really applied that into a lot of things into my life. And that's my moment of, I know it sounds weird, but it's like my moment of peace when I'm out on the court where I don't hear anyone and I don't need it and I just try to problem solve on myself. So I don't know if I would use it if it was brought out in the future. I currently don't use it, so I don't know. Serena, what do you think uh, Osaka did well uh, today to get this win over you? Was there something in her game that maybe you weren't expecting? Or? Well, I feel like she she was really, really consistent. She really, I think her game is always super consistent. I felt like she played really well. Like I said, she, um, she made a lot of shots and... Um, she was so focused, and I think, you know, and whenever at a break point, she had came up with some great serve. And honestly, there's a lot I can learn from her from this match, and I hope to, I hope to learn a lot from that. Obviously, it's her first Grand Slam title. Do you think it's a shame, kind of, that all this happened, the drama happened around her with all the booing and everything from the crowd? You know, it's, it's a very difficult thing, isn't it, for her to go through as well in that situation? That's what I said. I, that's why I was like, I don't want to answer the questions. This is her moment. And, like, stop booing because <laughs> she doesn't deserve that. I don't deserve it. The people on the, on the tennis court didn't deserve it. They were all here to see tennis. And she played an amazing match, and she deserved the credit, and she deserved to win. And at the end of the day, that's what it was. 
We can never really go back, Serena, but if you could change one thing about what occurred, uh, what would that be? Um, I don't know. I don't, you definitely can't go back in time, but I can't sit here and say I wouldn't say he's a thief because I thought he took a game from me. But I've seen other men call other umpires several things. And I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. I mean, like how he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. <laughs> for me, it blows my mind. But I'm going to continue to to fight for women and to fight for us to have equal like Courtney should be able to take her shirt off without getting a fine like this is outrageous you know and I just feel like the fact that I have to go through this is just an example for the next person that has emotions and that want to express themselves and they want to be a strong woman and they're going to be allowed to do that because of today maybe it didn't work out for me but it's going to work out for the next person thank you everyone all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed part one of the Keep It A Real Sports reunion. Next week is going to be, of course, part two. So much more to talk about in there. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Knicks, uh, different things going on in the NBA, and just, you know, our thoughts on that. And as always, please share your feedback at Ed Easton Jr. on Instagram as well as Twitter. Until next week, you've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.